Hey everybody, welcome to episode 89 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Picciuto. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Very good. Awesome. Mm. And <laughs> Jimmy Duresta. Hi, thanks for having me everybody. And I'm talking to the audience, not you guys. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, I never put that together. Thank you for listening and thank you for having me. And you too, thanks for inviting me back. (laughs) (laughs) See, you did it anyway. (laughs) I'm so insecure, I'm sorry. Don't be insecure. This is Jimmy Duress's podcast. Well, what's going on? What are you guys up to? Well, I am working on, it's a kind of a continuation of last week's project. Uh, I was this, the video was supposed to come out last week, and then things didn't get done in time, so I got shifted to this week. But it's a kind of like a rotating circular crayon holder. It holds like sixty four crayons. Each crayon has an individual home. Um, it's done on the lathe, and it's like two tiers. Uh, should be. Hmm. Out oh, so it's like it's like that old like uh, Pentel thing that we had when we were graphic designers at our own desks. Oh yeah, something like that. S- something like Remember that. Those? Yeah, yeah. So um, we had rapidographs. Well, yeah. Remember rapidographs? I don't remember yeah. that. The ink line, you draw ink, various ink lines. Hmm. So uh, it's one of those things like I have, um, we started it last week and um, we're going to work on it this week yet. And it's kind of like I have somewhat of the design in my head, but some of it's going to be designed in the fly. So I'm trying to figure out how to take the, the crayon sharpener that came with the crayons and putting that into the, the little holder and... Um, it may or may not be on a little lazy Susan. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to make a big handle too for you know kids to carry it around hmm. without crayon spilling. It's really mm. interesting because I had something very similar to that on my to do list because my kids are like back in school and they need they have a bunch of you know supplies and stuff. I was going to make something like that, so it'll be interesting to see what oh, you do. Nice, cool, Jimmy. What about you? Sorry, I just was busy yawning. <laughs> Because I'm so tired. Of course, I, I never slept last night, and I didn't sleep this morning. Uh, you yeah. haven't slept? No, no, I slept a co- about three hours. Wow. So that's that's actually pretty good for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm just, uh, it was a busy weekend. David and Jocko are here. They're, Jocko's making a flamethrower in my backyard. So I'm spending uh, uh, every other hour making sure he doesn't set himself on fire. I like hang around him with a fire extinguisher in my hand. Um. So he's like, oh, no, I just put gasoline in here. I push the button and flames come out over here. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, Jocko, I know he'll laugh at this. He goes, what is the, the stuff you put in the car? I go, gasoline? He goes, is that what you call it? I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah, that's what we need over here. Not diesel, the other stuff. <laughs> so he uh, did a test of the flamethrower, one one or two tests, and it, it actually worked to my surprise without any... Uh, yeah. Without any danger. Yeah, with no death, no, no ensuing death. And um, I'm also – so we're going to have a pretty busy weekend. You guys probably know by now I did a vlog last week saying I'm going to do a vlog, which was a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked for permission because I got everybody and their mother telling me it's a bad idea. But I have 5,000 times more people telling me it's a good idea. So I have to consider it a democracy and the, and the, uh, the yes votes win. So mm. I'm going to – Collecting some footage for my next one. I'm going to do once a week to see if I can pull that off. And it's just going to be in between builds. It's not going to be anything other than just stuff pertaining to my builds and the things that I'm going to make and the 
and the ideas that are coming up. And uh, so we got a chance to go to a sawmill this week. We did a flyover at a sawmill with the drone. And so I got some fun footage with these guys hanging around up here. We, and the, I actually got, went to two sawmills. I went to the second one and they cut wood custom for me. So I was able to film the wood that I'm going to use in this new build I'm working on. I'm making a big giant frame for a chalkboard that's going to be nine feet wide by four feet high for an outdoor learning center. Nice. Which if you noticed, if you noticed in the blog, I talked about it. And so I actually started that build. And um, so that's going to be fun. And uh, I shot my cannon on Saturday. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Dave's dad came and Dave's stepdad came. It was like a big ceremony here. And they brought black gunpowder and fuses and it was a lot of fun. And a funny story, Dave's dad had a cannon that he was given to by a client, like a little toy cannon, same exact scale as the one I just randomly made. And so we shot that too. But Dave, when Dave went to put the, the ball in, we were shooting at this pumpkin, the ball wouldn't go in. It only went in like two inches. And I said, don't force it because he already put gunpowder in it. Let's just fire it and clean it out and then we'll figure out what's going on. And so when he fired it and we watched it back on Jocko's slow-mo camera, a drumstick came shooting out. There was a drumstick <laughs> in the cannon. And like we had no – and then Dave's dad goes, oh, it must be Alex. Dave's little brother must have stuck a drumstick into the cannon because it sat in the house. <laughs> and so and we wouldn't have noticed if we didn't watch it on the slow-mo camera. Because everyone's like, what was that thing that came out? We couldn't see. It happened so fast. But in slow-mo, you see a drumstick just shoot out of the cannon with a big puff of fire. It just slowly comes out, hits the pumpkin, and shoots in the air. That's awesome. It was really, really funny. And uh, so we're playing with Jocko's slow-mo camera a little bit here, too. So his pod, his uh, his blog his vlog is going to be a lot of fun because we were, like, shooting pumpkins and having fun. Nice. So, uh, I watched yeah. the Snapchats and the videos, and it looks like it's pretty powerful, but... You, I couldn't get a, a feel for the actual sound and the like. Well, you know what it is? It's very, it's very loud. It's louder yeah. than a shotgun. But you know why? Because all the GoPros have limiters on them, so I can't get a mm-hmm. boom. You know, yeah. and Jocko's slow mo camera doesn't pick up any sound because it's shooting 400 frames a second. So the, uh, the all the GoPros and my camera they all have a limiter on them. So I kind of had to bump the sound up a little bit in in the final edit. Hmm. But it is a it is a low boom, and you feel it. It was pretty loud. But we actually shot only two cannonballs, which would be one-inch marbles, one-inch steel marbles. The rest of the time we shot it, we just shot powder through it just to get the effect of the visual. Because I didn't want to be throwing cannonballs in the air for no reason. So we just shot it for the visual of the uh, the slow-mo, of the uh, the boom. And uh, we got some really good stuff. I got a lot more stuff than I actually ended up using in the final edit. So either in the vlog or somewhere I'm going to try and post all the booms that, that we did. Nice. Just each one cool. of them has their own fun quality about them <laughs> but that's it and so now today i'm working on this frame and and uh that's going to be a video so just hmm. inching everything along i'm curious about the canon so mm-hmm. i haven't gotten to watch the video yet it's in my watch later um <clears throat> but did you have any did you do any research about the th- wall thickness or yes <laughs> Yes, As he shakes his head left to right, which is not <laughs> what you do when you say yes. No, well, honestly, I just I looked at a lot of cannons, and I never looked at like yeah. You know, it's funny the cannon the cannon uh, nerds are like as bad as axe nerds. Like everybody's a know it all, but uh, only because I happen to read a couple of subreddits that uh, my cannon video has shown up on. And boy, if you're ever feeling good about yourself, go to Reddit. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so my my you'll find some funny Reddit subs uh, links whatever on the Canon build, but I just went with scale. So I thought to myself, if there is enough scale 
in the same thing as like for instance I thought I was going to do like a one and a half inch bore because I thought that's what I needed you know a hole and then when I drilled the one inch hole in preparation to drill the next bigger hole I was like you know what that looks plenty and I don't want to overload this thing with gunpowder I just want a visual effect I'm not trying to sink a ship or win a war so I just want a couple of visual effects I was almost ready to just shoot a couple of firecrackers out of the thing which would have given me a muzzle flash that's all I really wanted but uh Dave's stepdad brought over the, the black powder, and we had fun with that. So we ended up putting a cap and a half full of black powder in each bang. So we didn't want to go more than that. So it was funny. We put one cap, and Dave's like, oh, let's put a little more. So we put that. <laughs> <laughs> Did it age the brass at all in a cool way? Uh, not, it never got hot enough through the, the overall cannon itself from the bore is one inch, and the wall is all about one inch, especially right where the chamber is, where the, where the boom chamber goes. Or where the where the ball go boom in the back, it's all about one inch thick. So it was a three inch diameter piece of brass with a one inch hole. So that gives me a one inch hole or one inch thick wall around the area in the back. It tapers about about three eighths of an inch to a half inch up to the front. So it's missing about that much material in the front. But mm. I just didn't want to overload it. I just like I said, I was going more for a visual effect, and it certainly is loud. I mean, if we were trying to do a a ceremonial boom for some sort of you know shending off of a ship or something it certainly would work hmm. so my can is for rent if anybody wants to send the ship off <laughs> go stay at the house in the you know, upstate and shoot the cannon yeah. yeah well i was wondering about that actually when you first started talking about doing this i was like because i know nothing about metal right i know nothing about like making cannons or anything so in my mind i was thinking like brass is kind of soft like i wonder how thick the walls have to be to withstand but i guess as long as you have that opening at the end all of the force yeah. is going to be traveling to the passive path of least resistance it's all going to yeah. go there right so yeah yeah i guess that makes sense we wadded it up with a little bit with toilet paper so when you see it you'll see toilet paper shooting out of the front hmm. and then when we shoot it through the, the pumpkin the wadding of the toilet paper goes right into the hole but um yeah i wasn't i wasn't that worried dave's dad got me a little nervous he's like oh yeah because i tied it to a piece of wood you'll see it has these sort of like fasteners on the side and i tied little bits of rope and he said are you sure that's enough the thing's gonna go with you know action reaction and he had me nervous that it was going to shoot across the yard so i ended up screwing a piece of wood behind it and then we're all in the middle of about to shoot it and then i was afraid if it went off it would shoot up like that so we put a chunk of wood behind it so right when we were about to shoot it like we had all these like momentary insecurities so we put a backstop behind it and then a chunk of wood underneath it and so yeah just you know better to be safe than sorry definitely yeah. So it went off without a hitch. Nobody got hurt. And I learned a little bit. And I was happy with the build. And I think I got a pretty good video. That's going to cause a lot of conversation, good and bad. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm glad nobody got hurt. But, you know, there's yeah. always today. Jocko's out there with a <laughs> flamethrower. So. <laughs> I hope nobody gets hurt today either, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. J- Jocko shot the flamethrower from a woof, 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 woof. And then, like, a huge patch of my grass was on fire. I go, you know, my grass is on fire? He goes, yes, I see that. <laughs> Here, let me put it out with this gasoline. <laughs> and we ran over and stomped it out with our feet. So I'll put that in the vlog. <laughs> nice. Well, for me, um, I've been making a project that was actually David's idea. This week, Ooh. I'm going to be putting up um, a, an easel for my kids. Remember that time you recommended yeah. putting the roll of paper? Mm-hmm. I did that. I did that, and it works great. So, And I even called you out in the video and thanked you for the uh, idea. Well, so. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I'm curious to see. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. To no, go, no, go ahead. But I'm curious to see how you're doing it because um, one of my 
uh, upcoming projects is going to be a miniature version of that. Hmm. It's not for drawing, but more of like a, a daily, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, like a gratitude list. Like today I'm grateful for, oh, yeah. and, then, and then you wind it up and then it moves the paper one day. And then when you're the roll, well, then you'll have like a year's worth of, of daily things you're thankful for. That's awesome. And so I'm curious, and I haven't designed it yet. I have some ideas, so I'm very curious in how you did yours and if I can apply any of that to what I'm going to do. Yeah, the thing that I found, it works the way that I did it, but I, I found that I only put a um, like a handle, like a knob on one side of it. So when you turn that, it, it is turning the, the reel, but it's a little weighted in one direction. So you have to be... You have to do it slowly enough that the paper actually rolls in parallel or actually perpendicular to the rod and mm-hmm. not like at an angle. I don't know if that makes any sense. But so one thing that you might want to look at doing is putting a, a twisting piece, a knob or something on both ends so that you're actually rolling both sides at the same time. Gotcha. Um, you know, it crinkled the first time I did it. And then I just realized that I needed to, to be a little more deliberate about how I was turning it. And then it worked great. So, Yeah. And it was actually interesting putting that in there and then realizing that I needed a way to make it lock. So you, I have to be able to take the rods out to put a new roll of paper on or take the roll off, but then you don't want them loose all the time. So I ended up making a, taking a dowel and like cutting a key in the end of it and then locking, putting a little cover on the hole that the dowel goes in. So once it slides in and you turn it, the key blocks so that you can't pull it back out. It's, I don't know how to explain that, but hmm. um, that w- there was more to it than I thought there was going to be initially. So, Are you problem solving on camera? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I was making it up as I went along, but it, it turned out great. I was really happy with it. So that's what I did. That's coming out this week on Thursday. Actually, today I put out an, a second video for this week, um, and it's a 3D printer review. I got a new printer recently, and it's a great printer, uh, relatively inexpensive for the quality of what it is. And so made a video about that and people are really liking it. Are they the only 3d printer that actually prints their own parts off of the same machine? I thought that was a fantastic idea. No, a lot of printers do that. There's, so this one is the Prusa I three Mark two and it's, um, based on the whole idea of rep wrap, which is a, just a type of printer. It's like a kind of an idea. And that's about machines that are self replicating. So, mm-hmm. You know, this is one version of that idea, but there are lots of different ones that do kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not 100% 3D printed. There's a steel frame that runs around it. There's a glass build plate. There's some, you know, like a threaded rod and stuff. But a lot of the major fasteners and components are 3D printed. So The it's housing a- for the electronics with the logo on the front right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, like, the thing that holds the power supply and where the board is and all that, that's all 3D printed as well. Hmm. So it's good. And today I actually, um, the spool, the filament spool that goes on the top, I have this one spool that's kind of weird on the inside. It just didn't fit right. And so I actually printed a little upgrade piece on the printer <laughs> to upgrade the printer uh, so that that spool would fit. So it's pretty cool, you know. But that's what I did today. Um, let's see. Let's talk about the uh, episode 100 real quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've gotten lots of good ideas from people. We've had several yeah. people offer places big for us spaces. to. Yeah, big Huge spaces. Big spaces. <laughs> um, in where? Where all? Chicago, Boston, New Mexico, 
New Mexico? Oh, yeah, New Mexico. Um, somebody recommended Atlanta, which actually makes a lot of sense. I know it's closer to me, but somebody pointed out that that's a Delta hub, the U.S. Delta hub, so it actually might be mm-hmm. cheaper for people to fly there than to any of the other cities, oh. um, which I hadn't really thought about. Um, Is Atlanta the airport that's so big that you have no idea where you are when you get off the plane and making a connection that you're just <laughs> automatically going to miss? It feels there? like every airport. Yeah, I think that's all of them. <laughs> Atlanta is pretty big. It is. It's it's tough to get around in there. Um, the good thing about that one, Atlanta, would be that I know people there that actually do event planning, so we may be able to find a place like we're talking about. Um, but at the same time, we have people offering space in Chicago near the airport and a cool place in Boston. So anyway, thanks for the, ever the input from everybody. But also, we need more. You know, give us some feedback on places mm-hmm. and stuff um it sounded like the guys from the dusty life dusty life podcast were in mm-hmm. if we can do mm-hmm. the multiple thing that's cool yeah mm-hmm. um the, the reclaimed audio folks um said they would they said they would love to be a part of it so i don't know if that meant that they would all show up and do a a podcast with us but that'd be cool as well, well we can nail them down as we get closer yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but we do need to pick a place because that's where you know everything is going to hinge on where we are and who can mm-hmm. come and all that stuff. So, yeah. uh, someone did say, "Do you want to do it where it's warm?" Considering December is a that's true. December is a crapshoot with the weather because we could all get snowed completely out or snowed completely in. Yeah, we end up in Boston or New York or Chicago. Or Chicago <laughs> so. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. So Atlanta, so consider Atlanta might be a good idea. Anyway, let us know. Tweet at us. Let us know what you you know would prefer if we maybe we yep. can get some like you know if we get a overwhelming yay for atlanta or yay for chicago or whatever and i i just want to say this i don't know if it's going to fall in deaf ears but i got two emails that i wasn't able to search and find later on in my email i get hundreds of emails per day so if i didn't answer you back just hit me with another gentle reminder and i'll find you i'll hit you back right away yeah you'll be number 400 and no four forty seven thousand nine hundred and something on this email <laughs> oh i've broken three digits now oh know. no Wow. <laughs> cool. Well, David, you had a... Oh, wait. Let me... What's the, the tally? I can't see it. Oh, my 107,175 emails. So, yeah. Send Jimmy an email. <laughs> He'll get it. <laughs> He'll find it. I love, I love his system. If you can't find it, you just have to send him another email. That's a great That's email organization system. If I, ne- if I never <laughs> reply to you and it's something that's somewhat urgent, just hit me back. I'll get you again. <laughs> I'll just give you my phone number. Everybody get a pen. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> oh, wasn't there a thing with your phone number a while back? Like somebody figured it out? Like there was yeah, art? It's online somewhere. <laughs> you do some detective work and get my phone number if I don't email you back. But you got to do the detective work. You got to really want it. <laughs> all right, I so get random text messages. There, so it's all right. I answer everybody back. All right, so today's topic is avoiding the task at hand. I find myself oh doing this all the time. We, oh, boy. That's a good one. Yeah, we've somewhat touched on it in the past. And uh, we had an episode, I think, called Just Getting Started. And um, even though there was lots of great advice, at least I find myself still like not jumping in and just doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm supposed I need to make. I need to start this next project. But my shop's a mess, so I'm gonna clean up my shop now. And like, oh, I gotta yeah. run to the post office and drop some packages off. I might as well do that first, so I can get that out of the way. That way, my calendar <laughs> will be completely open for me to start this project. You know, I, don't, I don't know where we want to start, but 
Jimmy, do yeah. you have any ideas on on? Uh, no, you know, this? it's like I get I have a little OCD, of course, about a few things, and one of them is getting started on a project. I know once I break the ice on a project, it's it's like a contract with myself that it has to get done. But until I actually start it, it is like I avoid it at every turn. And today is a good example that I needed to do this frame. And I've avoided it all day long. And I know that I at least need to start it. I have some time. I have at least the whole week to finish it. But I do have some logistical stuff to consider being here and then in the city, which obviously takes me away from the shop. Uh, so I, just before the podcast started, I hadn't done much, hadn't done anything in fact. And so I looked at the clock, it was three o'clock. I was like, okay, let me cut the frame and lay it out so I could at least feel like I've gotten somewhere. So I cut all my angles. It's, it's a, it's a live edge frame, by the way, it's 10 feet long by five feet high. And it is live edge planks that are two inch thick by 10 inches deep. So they're very heavy. And so I had to buy a brand new set of horses because I have horses that some that aren't strong enough and some that are just being used. So I, I was at Lowe's this morning. I grabbed some horses and sorry about that. And um, so I laid it out. I cut the angles on the corners, so they're mitered corners, and I got it all together. And then Dave goes, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was a drone shot of it coming right out of the frame? And I said, you do that, I'm going to go do a podcast. So, Because <laughs> <laughs> I know once we're done, dark, it's going to be dark and we're working outside. So um, Dave was working on that just as, as we began today. But the point I'm making is, is I had to feel good about myself knowing that I at least started it, got the four sides of the frame cut, and ready to go. Going to the sawmill the other day was obviously a big part of it. But once I got those pieces in the truck, I felt like, okay, I could relax. But that's nothing. I mean, that's just one piece of the puzzle. The whole puzzle hell has to come together. And I avoid each turn of the puzzle. Like the other day when it came time to having to shoot this cannon, like we avoided it all day long. Like everybody was like dilly-dallying. Dave's dad was in the hammock and this one was over there. And and, and we all knew we wanted to do it because we talked about it at coffee in the morning. And that's like, okay, as soon as I do these couple things, we'll get started. And then it was all the way shot all the way down in the field. So gathering everything to bring it all down in the field, the cameras. Literally, when we shot that cannon off, we had 10 cameras going between everyone's iPhone and the five GoPros I had set up and my regular D7100 and Jocko's slow-mo camera and Dave's camera and Jocko's other camera that he keeps in his pocket. We had about 10 or 11 cameras going on that scene. So to get all that down there together and get all the GoPros set up and to get... The pumpkin and the backdrop and the balls and the gun and the, oh, it's not strong enough. And I just, we waited until like it was like just about to start to get dark. And we had all day to do it. <laughs> but like we just kept being lazy about it. But that's what happens. And it's like, it's, but that's what, that what, that's what makes the difference between someone that says they're going to do something and someone that actually does it. We all always have that feeling of, I don't want to do this. I promised myself I'm going to do it, but I'm avoiding it. But you get over the bump and you do it. <clears throat> well, what in that case, you're saying it was like you're being lazy, but that's a cop-out. What's, um, what's the specific reason that you didn't want to start it? Honestly, there's probably a psychological block there that's like, I don't want to get hurt. I'm yeah. about to do something dangerous. I don't want to see anybody else get hurt. We're going to play with gunpowder. We're going to play with you know the fire, the fuse. And um, that was probably the holdup. Uh, and a few people showed up. It was Dave, Dave's dad, Dave's stepdad, Dave, um, Jocko, me, and Taylor. And there was somebody else here. I can't remember. But I was just nervous that there was too many people around. Yeah. 
you know, like it would have been nice if it was just myself. And uh, I, I, we had a h hilariously fun time. But if it was just myself, I would have been more quick to get right into it. But being with those people, I would say it was just a matter of me just being safety conscious, although people don't think that I have that in mind. I do. <laughs> Did you guys ever know about a web code called Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. They, I'll go they, check it out. They, yeah, they think I'm not safe on Reddit. But um, so that was just, it was just me being a little bit of an avoidance as far as safety factor goes. And today it was just uh, the, the, like the little hiccup was this wood is so heavy and wet and I'm just tired. So I was like, oh, I got to go out there and drag these heavy pieces of wood around and try and make them look good on camera. So there's always a little something. There's always like that one little thing. It's like that OCD I have where like I have a hiccup about a direction and then I just never do that one thing anymore. There's always like one little hiccup. Well, the reason I was asking about why, because I think like I, I find myself, I, I do these cycles where I'll be like, and this is kind of what you said earlier, David, but like I had something I wanted to start on this morning and I was like, well, I don't really have enough time to really work on it. So I'll do something else. And then I go to the next project that's waiting on a part from Amazon. And I'm like looking at that, like, well, I can't really do anything on this until I get that part. So I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So let's look at this other thing. And then it, it circled back around to where I was pointing back at the first thing again, going, well, maybe I should just get this thing started. Well, I don't really have enough time, and it just goes in a circle. And I do this constantly. Um, unless I'm super motivated on something and I have everything I need in front of me, I'll just, you know, I'm like, well, what's the what's the easiest thing that I can get accomplished right now? And I'll look for that, and so I'll, I'll put things off. But when I can um, kind of stop, I catch myself in that cycle and I'll stop it and I'll say, like, why is it that this, the number one thing, the first thing I went to, why is it that I actually don't want to start that? Time is not really the thing. You can put five minutes into something and at least make a little bit of progress. And so if I can make myself identify exactly why I don't want to start that thing, it usually helps me get a better grasp of, like, what's really in the way here? It's you know, in this case, uh, time was not in the way. What was in the way is that I've already done it twice and I haven't been happy with it either time. And so I'm afraid if I start it again, I'm not going to be happy with it again. I'm going to waste another day, you know? So it was really just about me like trying to identify that and figuring out what the problem really is. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right in the way that you know, you don't have a clear vision of it. And that's, that's always been, and maybe I'm using different words, but that's how I feel about a lot of times I don't jump on a project. I know it has to get done. It might be like a make video or it might be a core video where there's a specific deadline. And I don't jump on it because I don't have a clear, concise vision of the end. And I just said it about the Canon in my last vlog. It's been lingering. The Canon was like it could have been a two-day build. But I just didn't have a clear, precise vision of the end and some of the details. And so it just kept lingering. And then they slowly came to me. But if I don't get off with a good plan, it's, it's a slow go. It's a slow go to get started. You mentioned motivation, Bob, and I think that's what stopped me from making the video that I was supposed to make today. Uh, I try to put out a video every Tuesday and Thursday, and usually the Tuesday video is just kind of like a quick tip or a really tiny project. And I thought, okay, I'm going to talk about the different bandsaw or the different table saw blades I use in my table saw. And I thought, oh, that'd be a quick video. I can shoot it real quick and I edit it and I can put that out in the morning. I didn't shoot it today because I was not motivated because it doesn't excite me. Even mm. though this the video might help somebody, I'm not really excited about it. So I've been putting it off and I'm like, okay, well, if I wait until tomorrow when my my help shows up, 
we can film we can film it then and then i can edit it on lunch and then put it out at, at lunchtime and and so just, i'm just not motivated and i'm i think i'm waiting for the better video to pop up in my head to make i was gonna say do you i mean is that really is tomorrow really a reason to do it or should you just say like i'm not motivated to do that i'm just not gonna do that video and just wait for something that does excite you or do you I, think you, or do you force yourself to you know do it regardless I think I should just force myself to do it regardless because the video won't take that long to shoot. Plus, if I come up with a better idea, I can swap it out and save the, you know, the, hmm. the blade video for later or do do whatever. Um, but I just used the not being motivated as an excuse to not do it today. Right. And I think what you said of just asking yourself what's stopping you from doing it. I think just. Mm-hmm. Just being conscious of that and just actually just stopping and asking yourself is probably a great way to get you to do something. I never, I, I, ne- I didn't, I'd never even put much thought into it. If I would have said, hey, David, why are you really not doing this? Maybe I would have come up with that other day, idea right then instead of putting it on the shelf and doing other things. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I do the cycle thing a whole lot and Usually, the more times I go in a cycle, before I, if I don't stop myself and talk about that with myself, the more times I go through the cycle, the more inflated my my whatever about those projects becomes. So, like, if one feels like it's going to take a lot of time, I go through that cycle a few times, and then by then, it's like, wow, this is going to take weeks. There's no way I could get this done. You know what I mean? Like, I blow it up in my head every time I mm-hmm. go through it. Mm-hmm. And so usually when I do th- have things like that that I put off and I continue to put them off, and when I finally can get myself corralled to do them, they take no time at all. And they're so easy. <laughs> and they're like, you know, cheaper than I thought they were going to be. Or Like our car. Perfect example. We have our, a minivan. And the front right bearing on this car started going bad. And so it's like a rumble. It's not particularly dangerous at all. Um, it's just loud, right? And the faster you go, the louder it is. And it did that. And I th- assumed it was going to be like $1,000 to fix because that's what I'd seen online. Not really something I could do very easily on my own, like probably not worth the time. So I just kept putting it off. I'm like, it's not dangerous. It's fine. Might be dangerous. I'm not really sure. So <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just telling probably, yourself it's I mean, not it's, dangerous. Yeah, exactly. I was telling myself that it wasn't. It probably was. But eventually, just keep telling yourself that. Eventually, I was like, okay, I'm going to just call a place, get this done. I called this local place that I've used before. They're great. They had it in and out fixed in two hours. <laughs> it was $400 cheaper than I thought it was going to be. And it's totally gone. And it just, it was like a day, right? It was like way less money than I thought. And now it's just, you know what? It's just not a problem anymore. Your front wheel's not going to go on fire now. Exactly. <laughs> It's not dangerous anymore. So it's just like one of those things. I do that all the time, you know, where I I inflate it to a bigger thing than it's going to be because I keep putting it off. And then it's just not really that big of a deal. We still haven't fixed our air conditioner that went out two weeks ago. Mm. I, I, it, I went out. You actually were the first one to respond to my tweet. And you're like, it's probably it probably needs to be cleaned. And that weekend I, ha- I went to an event. And then I got back and it's just busy. I haven't even looked at it. And it was just like, I keep putting it off and putting it off because in my head, I'm like, this is going to be a huge issue. I don't, right. I'm not ready to deal with a huge issue right now. Because you know, no matter what it is, you have to move that heavy weighted thing. That would be my blockade. I'd be like, I'm not picking that heavy thing up. Mm. Just not doing it. I'd rather be hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys obviously don't live where I live. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, but in that case, like, I, I'm totally with you, because my AC has done the same thing before. But, um, like, in that case, like, cleaning it out, which is what I think might be the issue for yours, is, you know, cleaning out the condenser, is literally, like, 15 minutes with a shop vac, you're good to go. But if, you know, like, if you don't know that, you may think it in your mind, you may think it like, okay, the whole thing's going to explode. If I turn it on again, like we got to get the whole thing replaced and you know, you make it into a bigger deal than it actually will be. Or maybe it is a big deal, but you won't know until you get in there after it. Right. Yeah. And do the same thing. It's, it's all about getting your your confrontation up, you know, your own personal confrontation and being like, I I said it the other day when you, when you get things to do and you just don't want to do them and just like, I guess, let me just put them away one at a time. You know, you're chipping away bricks one at a time. And it's the same thing with some of this stuff that we do when we avoid projects. We know that there's going to be one hiccup that we just can't figure out. Let's confront it. Let's get all the information. If we can't figure it out, let's do everything up to that point or everything around that point, and then we come back to it. Yeah, chipping so away. I do that too. Chipping away is a good a good thing. Um, so this is kind of related, but um, we have four kids, right? Our house has tons of stuff in it because kids require a lot of stuff, and they have more stuff than they need. But we just have stuff and the more stuff you have, the harder it is to keep stuff wherever you want it to be. So we have stuff everywhere and it gets totally overwhelming for both my wife and I, like, just like, what do we do? What do we clean first? What do we organize first? And my office is the same way. It's just all my stuff. And, um, we keep coming back to this. Like we'll go to a room and we'll be like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to fix this, how to organize it, make it look real, you know, like decent, Um, and the thing that I always come back to, and it's really hard to do, it's easy to think is to just make a little bit of change every day. So in the case of, you know, our, our table next to our kitchen, we have like a little kind of breakfast nook thing. It just gets covered with like school papers and computer and all this garbage. And it would take a long time, like multiple hours to get in there and actually clean it all up and put it everything where it needs to go. But if we... Every time we walk past that table, if we picked up one thing and did something with it, in a yeah. couple of days, that table's going to be clean. And then it's just a matter of maintaining that state, whatever that state is that you want it to be. And so projects are kind of the same way. If there's something like, like Jimmy, like you're saying, there's something that's blocking you and you don't know where that last stage is going to be, you don't know how you're going to work that thing out. If you just do a little bit on it all the time, that kind of get buys you some time to solve some of those problems, I think. Um, but I know for me specifically like the, just the stuff problem, like small space, lots of stuff. I don't know how to organize it. And my solution when I can get myself to do it is to do a little bit every day or a little bit every time I walk past the table or whatever. Well, the, a book I read a few months ago called the art of tidying up kind of talks about how to tackle that problem. And, uh, they, uh, they kind of suggest don't spread it out over a couple of days, but of course you got to do what works for you. Um, but one of the tips was to, if, when you're cleaning, don't just clean this area first and then move on to this area and move on to this area. Take care of, um, so we'll, we'll break it up. Like take, so get rid of all the garbage first. Mm-hmm. Anything that needs to be thrown away, you take care of that throughout the entire place. And then you move on to, okay. I'm just making stuff up here, but okay, now it's it's any kind of things that belong in the kitchen. We'll grab all those and we'll do that there. So you break it up into into um, types of things instead of sections. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you guys ever see that thing that's been going around the internet where it's like a ray gun that takes rid that gets rid of rust? 
Yes. Yes. The laser. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it just goes like this in the rust from, so as it's passing left to right, everything, you know, where it started is clean and it goes across and everything that's dirty is becoming clean. When I like to clean a room, I think of it like that. It's kind of fun for me. It's like a cartoon. So it's like, (laughs) I'm going to start in this corner of the room and make it all perfectly clean as I go, like an imaginary line through the whole room. Try and clean up everything from left to right or right to left. I try and do that. That helps me organize it in my mind, and it makes it kind of cartoony fun. <laughs> now, okay, I'm curious. Do you do your shop like that, too? Is that how you, like, when you do have to tidy up, is that how you do yeah. it? Yeah. Also, the tabletop, which is always messy. Sometimes I talk about it on Snapchat. The table behind me where I always work, it ends up being the dumping ground for all the hand tools and things I'm using and that are also kind of still in play. So we we start at one side, and we just start throwing away all the things. Like, I'm like, I just, I do what you say, David. I go, what don't I need? What is garbage? And I just pick it all up, and I throw it away with the can next to me. And it's like, as I'm going left to right, I'm like, okay, this needs to get put away. This goes here. This goes here. It gets in the garbage. And uh, and I keep a vacuum. And, and it's also, too, when I vacuum up all the dirt in between everything, it also immediately starts to look clean. Mm, satisfying. That's just my shop. Yeah. David, how do you clean your shop? Like, do you have a process for... Yeah. How you get through it all? Um, so over the past few months, actually ever since I've read that book, The Art of Tidying Up, I've kind of changed like every single tool is supposed to have a home, like a very not just a drawer, but a home. I haven't I'm nowhere near that, but that really really helps um with I, I just okay, all my bench is a mess, like 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 what Jimmy was saying. I'm going to grab all the tools that I can that go onto the tool board and I'll just grab all those and put them on there. And then all these things that go into a drawer, I grab those all at the same time. And, um, since I've done this, everything has a home thing. My shop has, gets less messy now. Hmm. And I find just cleanup is, is a lot easier and quicker. You know, one thing that's funny, we're talking about avoiding projects because like we have some psychological hang up about getting started. The first thing I always do when I'm really feeling like I don't want to start a project is I start cleaning my shop. Of course. And yeah. I'll start sweeping the floor and I just do all, and the day, it's funny, whenever I sweep, I talked about this, Dave goes, what's bothering you? I go, what do you mean? He goes, you're sweeping the floor. He goes, you never sweep up. What's bothering you? I go, ah, I'm anxious about these five projects that have to be done tonight. Yeah. I always, okay. that, that, that reminds me, I always feel like I work better under pressure and usually time constraints is a great way to put pressure on yourself and <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason all throughout my life when i'm under pressure that's when i do my best work and so maybe mentally i'm thinking okay there's not enough pressure on me yet and hmm. i'm just gonna keep putting this off this just hit me this this that's this interesting whole, yeah uh, or, or if you like me you like you're you're uh you're a masochist and you just beat yourself up on the whole time you work and you go I've had two months to do this and I'm doing it the night before it's due. You've had two months to do this and you're doing it the night before it's due. You've had two months to do this. You say it to yourself all day long. And then you got to go, I know. Stop bothering me. <laughs> so, David, that's really interesting that you said that. Is Do you think that's uh, like realizing that is a way that you can make yourself more productive? Like, can you force yourself into. I guess I, you would have to make yourself more busy to do that. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, not the. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's just. Uh, uh, it's it, it comes. I think it comes from laziness or wanting to put things off, and, and then all of a sudden, I, I start when it's too late. And then, I don't know. I, I've I, I think I've always find myself to be the most creative under pressure, and that goes back to even playing music. Like when the band would go into the studio, like we don't have the song finished, or we don't we need another song. Sometimes the best work that we did was right there. 
hmm. like in in the studio, you know, or or whatever. And I don't have a plan for the end for the the finalization of this crayon holder. I'm gonna wait until I get to that point, and hopefully it, it comes out and it works great. Um, lately, I've learned that it's okay if things don't come out perfect. So uh, if this crayon holder that I make tomorrow doesn't work, I'm still going to post a video because I'm still going to give you the the story of me trying to make it and where I failed and maybe how you can improve upon what I did. Hmm. And just for the record, it's crayon. Crayon. <laughs> crayon. Not crane. Mm, mm. <laughs> crayon. 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 Cool. Well, you guys got any other thoughts on this stuff? Nah, it's just, well, yes, and that's just, just do it. Stop. Do it. That's so hard. It is. Stop dilly-dallying. Even if you do it crummy, at least you have an idea how bad it's going to be and you do it good the second time. But, every, you know, like what you said, like once you make that first cut, it's smooth sailing from there. It's yeah. all self-pressure. It's all this mental block that you put on yourself. And as soon as you get started, everything is good. Most times. I mean, I think for me, like with the project thing specifically, um, it's been really helpful to get around this, to have multiple things stacked up. So I've got uh, three projects that are in progress right now that actually have work done on them. And then another six or seven behind that that I haven't started. Um, and so by having all that, you know, stacked up, if I am blocked on something, like le- legitimately, you know, I'm waiting on a part from Amazon, I have the next thing that I can go ahead and try to start on. Um, and even if I skip three or four things ahead, I've still got something that I can be doing. So I'm, I'm at least feeling productive. Yeah. And that's not always the answer, but that does help me to feel like I'm getting some stuff done. You know? I think something else that, that just <clears throat> hit me is when you start on a bigger project and you keep putting it off, you know that once you do make that first cut, maybe it is going to be easier, but you know that that project is going to consume your thoughts for the next however many days. And that's just knowing that is somewhat overwhelming or just a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Yeah. After just a little self-analysis in this conversation, I think the biggest problem for me personally, and I'll sum up my thoughts on this, is basically if I don't have a clear vision of what it is I need to do, I avoid it. And I know I've done that even with some client jobs when they say, oh, you have three weeks to do this, and I just wait till the very last minute. And it's under that pressure and knowing that I don't want to be late it's onto that where I come up with the solution. That otherwise I was a little lackadaisical either, or really I just didn't have a good idea up until then. But I just have to trust my instincts, and uh, I'm usually usually pretty good. Hmm. Cool. That's it. So, you guys, please tweet at us and let us know how you overcome these little obstacles. Yeah, I'll share our ideas. Let everybody else know what you what you do, how, how you get around it. Um, you guys watch anything cool? Yes. So there is this this channel. Um, I think it's pronounced Hevish Five or Hevish. Uh, it's this young lady, Lily Hevish. She's like eighteen years old. She has this Domino channel, and she one of her videos went viral last weekend. And it is phenomenal. Like the the complexity of this of this domino set is awesome. And just the 
and watching all the dominoes fall and they're layered so like one layer will fall down and then it trips onto the next layer and so it's all fallen down like it's so it's so cool and the intelligence that it takes to to make something so complicated is absolutely amazing and she just announced that she's going youtube full-time so i think that's really cool oh wow i think i saw that uh was there a a thumbnail with that was a kind of a swirly, colorful pattern. Yeah, yeah. That showed up in my feed. Yeah, I didn't click on it. Did you guys get a chance? I'm recommending the two most mysterious builders from Canada, John Heiss and Matthias. They do a live Q and A. Oh, I did see part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Put on your seatbelt. It's exciting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Answers a lot of questions. The one most of which is Matthias does listen to us. So Matthias, thank you. Oh, that's cool. I did hear him say that he watched some of my Twitch builds, which... Oh, that too. Well. That, that made me very happy and honored. Thank you, Matthias. I, I, I respect both of them greatly. Uh, yeah. John has put a lot of effort into his channel lately. It's obvious. Like, he's doing some really cool stuff. And I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the paper uh, table saw blade video. Yeah. That was one of those things. Like, I wish I would have thought of that because that was just so cool. And I don't know. He's but he's putting out some high quality stuff lately. Yep, ten million views in a week. I think he got on that. Wow. Yeah. Some crazy viral stuff. Yep. Crazy. Um. So mine, I guess, is just a really a product announcement announcement from today. They got me excited. Um, they announced the GoPro drone yes. today. And I am petitioning Jimmy to buy this as his drone. <laughs> oh, I'm buying it. It's so funny. Me and Jocko were sitting on my back porch when you texted me a few hours ago and you was like, you got to buy this, right? I said, okay. And so I clicked on a link and we started watching the YouTube video and, and me and Jocko were both like total consumer whores. We buy anything that's cool and new. And so we're watching it and we're both like, oh, he's like, oh, it doesn't fold up well. Oh, it's never going to this. And I'm like, yeah, you got to buy your own camera. Yeah, we're both down talking it the whole time and I go I'm definitely buying it he goes oh I'm definitely buying it <laughs> <laughs> we both cracked up because we're like oh it's this it's that it's too bulky it's never going to work why is the camera in the front why is it that? I'm buying it oh, I'm definitely buying it of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks really cool and I mean you know I don't, cool. I don't know if it's something I'll get or not I already have a drone that I really enjoy but it was exciting just to see them it's been something that, that's been talked about for like two years and so to see them actually come out with it um, and release new cameras and stuff at the same time is really cool. So that may not be interesting to anybody. But what's really cool to me is uh, that so the, the gimbal, that the stabilization gimbal on the front of the drone that holds the GoPro, you can pull it off and put it on a handheld mount. So then you have handheld stabilization like the Osmo camera that I have, that David mm -hmm. has. Um, and that's cool. That's a neat little trick. You can use one thing for both of them. But what blew me away was they were showing this video of the drone working and everything. And then there's this shot of a mountain biker riding down a mountain, like this super bumpy trail, jumping all over the place, bounces everywhere. But the footage is like perfectly smooth. And it's from the perspective of the driver. And I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, what is that? Like, how did they do that? And then after the video, he pointed out like, you may have noticed this one shot of a mountain biker. We're going to watch that full sequence. And 
It's they actually took the gimbal off this thing, put it on the handle, and mounted it on the guy's chest, and he just went down the mountain. It's unbelievable how smooth the footage is. I don't even understand it. So that got me really excited because that I think was like a really good example of just how well the stabilization works. I don't know how well the drone's going to work or any of that stuff, but you know, just the fact that the gimbal worked that well is pretty exciting. And the drone comes with its own screen, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got its own controller with a screen on it. Um, one thing I thought was really cool that they didn't seem to make a big deal out of is that you can share camera control with somebody next to you that has an iPad. So you yep. can actually fly the drone and they can control the camera, which mm-hmm. that happens on the more expensive drones. You have a camera operator and a pilot. But for a drone that's seven ninety nine to have that is, I don't know, that's pretty cool. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm excited about it just because I, I like technology and cameras. No, I and, am too. I, I actually, I'm, it's, it's only a month away, so I'm definitely going to grab it. Yeah. Good luck because everybody's going to want to grab it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know, the, the good news is that, you know, as long as we all live the next month or two, we'll get one. <laughs> <laughs> fingers, <three>. fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. I make it through. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, before we go... I want to thank our Patreon supporters, as always. Uh, Luis Gonzalez, Make, Build, Modify, and Dan Krupnik, which apparently I said his name correctly last week. He told me that I said it correctly. So thanks to them and everybody else from Patreon. Um, again, if you want to help us get to the the to do a live 100th episode somewhere, help us out on Patreon. That'll help us pay for the event and however we get it uh, working. Go to patreon.com slash making it. That'd be awesome. Uh, you can also just tell people about the show. That mm-hmm. would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And free. <laughs> so cool. So thank you all for that. And then one quick announcement for me, my tin type class, we have, after the initial onslaught of people, we have four slots left. So if there's anybody thinking that it's sold out, we have four slots left after some scheduling conflicts with some of the patrons. So four slots left for tin type, October 14th weekend. How do they sign up? Uh, you could email me, and I will forward you to the correct person, which is Taylor. She is the manager of the event. Cool. So email me, jimmyderesta at mac.com. And there will be chickens, apparently, because <laughs> I can hear them. You hear the rooster? <laughs> I hope that audio if you're lucky, the rooster will. If you're lucky, the rooster will pick you out of the crowd and attack your feet. Nice. Yeah, he attacks everybody new. Cool. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's it for this week, I guess. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya. Later. I'm a turtle. Again? (laughs) And I'm pregnant.